0: go listen to the Lucha Yovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling podcast network nos vemos por ahí this podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling to the highway in a brand new day rainbow, gotta let it go.
1: Stop today.
2: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for October 3rd, 2023. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network feed or on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate podcast feed on all podcast platforms and applications. And you can follow us on Twitter. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our RedCircle.com landing site. You click the red box that says "Sponsor this podcast," and you can set up a one-time or reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever but we would like to thank all of our previous donors i'm one of your hosts it's your pal mike spears joining alongside as always case low in case i did not bring this up intentionally as we were talking about uh my soil issues my literal soil issues uh but i i think i tried a what i think is the most disgusting coke variant this weekend okay why 3000 have you seen wine why 3000 about anywhere I, I
0: believe so. Let me do a quick Google here just to make sure I've seen this. And uh, yes, I have. Yes, I have.
2: It, it's supposed to be Coke from the future. And I think that Coke now is just applying labels on it because I feel like it tasted just like the Dream World one that you had me try that one time. Yeah, that's it, what I,
0: I actually I thought they had just redone the Dream World. I didn't realize this was something new.
2: Yeah, like the the one thing I'll say is it, instead of it being like Dream World had like that kind of cherry vanilla. Taste to it that was not necessarily this. This was one created by artificial intelligence allegedly, and it was like a weird dreamsicle kind of thing, but not really good at all. Uh, I'm looking to see what they uh, how they describe this here. It's it was made by insights gathered both by human and artificial intelligence that helped inspire the unique Y three thousand experience.
0: Sounds terrible. That sounds like a bunch of corporate mumbo jumbo.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the This website, uh, which looks like an AI website, is saying that allegedly it's supposed to have hints of chai tea. I love chai tea. Did not get that whatsoever.
0: I, I do not love chai tea, but now that you've brought this up, I will, of course, be giving this a shot, and I will be reporting back.
2: Yep. Uh, I'll, I'm interested in seeing what you have to say about it. It's one of the ones that I saw this at CVS, and I was like, well, damn, I've got to try it, and— Did not make it past my car ride back home.
1: Did not make it that
2: far. But we are here this week talking about uh, Dragon Gate as finally October is here. And not to editorialize too much case, I think we could probably put September 2023 behind us. And Dragon Gate probably does as one of the, I think, if not one of the more boring months, but also one of the most dissatisfying months in recent Dragon Gate years. We're in October. That's great because we have coming up ahead this week. We have Biden on Thursday, Corkin on Friday, and then Gate of Origin on Monday. Do you think we've finally escaped this bad September?
0: I hope so. You know, it's kind of two sides of the coin and neither side is good. You know, on on one side, you can look at it as a very boring month where not a lot happened other than establishing a main event program, which we'll talk about. And that I, I think Drangate deserves a lot of credit for on the other you know, one of the most cursed months in history. You know, I, I don't remember if Minerita got hurt. I think he got hurt mid-August, but we'll lump him into this conversation. You lose Minerita, who was a champion. You now lose Fuda, at least for a short period of time. Nagano, it seems like, for an extended period of time. And that is without addressing the elephant in the room, the TN Revolution injury, which, I, you know... It's one of the most depressing things I've I've ever heard I, it, in the context of Dragon Gate. It is really, really bad news. And the statement that was sent out from the Dragon Gate English account, you know, it's it's probably not fair to editorialize and assume subtext in digital word, but that wasn't a cheery, he's going to be out for some time message. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was bad news all the way around.
2: Yeah, and from a company that usually... The most they will say is one of these kind of things. It, it is something where you compare and contrast that Kaito Nagano, they're already saying like, hey, at the very least, he signed for a match on the 20th. He's not going to be on that match. Uh, very clearly hurt his shoulder in the last few minutes of the Decourage versus Rookie Selection Triangle Gate uh, tournament match. But it is something that when you look at this and the way that revolution went down and the way that everything has been kind of quiet for the last week and to the extent that i did not hear an update from anything anyone leading up to this case did you no yeah and the fact that we did this is i unless there is something where the swelling made it seem better than it was which i don't think that's what it is to be honest here like and that's just me just guessing i just can't look at this as anything other than hey maybe i i I don't expect to see uh, tn for the remainder of this year after seeing that
0: no i think i think the people that you and i normally normally talk to they're eager to talk when the news isn't as bad as it seems and it's been largely radio silence on this one i think everybody is is in uh it's a grim affair over there over this
2: at, at least with the Fuda thing, like, I watched the entire show with that. I think, like, okay, let me see when Fuda, like, jacks his hand up. And it was one that, like, I, th- there's been no announcements about Fuda. He's not on the cork and card, but it is something where maybe it is hoping to get him through Monday in his hometown before going, like, okay, he's going away again for a little while. Like, that's my guess right now.
0: That's the hope, you know, I, I Drangi did a lot of good in the direction of Rio food over the month of September. That's one of the few positives we can take away from this. I really thought they came close to hitting a home run with him uh, on the show that he got hurt. I thought he was awesome in Kobe Sambo Hall this past weekend. And of course, you know, now he's down with a hand injury. So hopefully he can make it back for gate of origin and have that brave gate match.
2: Yeah, I just now saw it was uh, posted a couple days ago, like during the weekend, like almost right after the uh uh the show from uh uh, kobe Hall this weekend uh that uh, he was pulled from the show and Mie he had a match with kai announced and then soon after the corking card the full corking card at least was announced and he was left off of it it's yeah i i it's something with like fuda i look at this as kind of like a oh man really whereas nagano's thing uh i guess we're doing injuries up top uh, but uh nagano's shoulder injury i felt like in kobe coming off like of a double drop kick kind of thing he toughed it out uh, like probably to his detriment but it was something that i you know one has to, to wait and how things have been with people's shoulder injuries in this company that i'm not super optimistic about it either
0: well that's that's the painful part of all of this is you know Tien gets hurt on a stomp. Nagano gets hurt on a drop kick. Uh, These guys aren't going out there and dropping themselves uh, on their head or doing risky dives to the floor and getting hurt that way. We're talking about basic, basic, basic things. And they are, are being met with the worst possible scenario. Uh, Seemingly on, on every show. Now there's something new and that is taxing, you know, It's one thing again, when, you know, you see Ben K take a knee to the face and he gets knocked out and you go, okay, Ben's going to be gone for some time, you know, but, but he'll be okay. And then you just, you know, again, Nagano, I've got my, my eyes laser focused on this match to see when he he gets hurt and it's on a drop kick. And it's just like, oh my God, like, I'm not, I'm not mad at him. I'm not disappointed with him. It's just one of those things where you look up at the universe and you think, oh my God, is this really what we're doing right now? You know, Tn wasn't bad enough. Menorito wasn't bad enough. We're gonna lose this guy to a drop kick? Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, and it's with Nagano being at this spot where I mean, like the the topic of Nagano has been like, where has he been? You know, like not taking those steps. Like I remember a week ago so in case when's the last time you've seen a, a space world, and yeah, it was something that it felt like that this match in a lot of ways was a. I, I thought like his performance in that match was not necessarily like the highlights that we were seeing, like through his first few months on the roster, but it was something that I, I, I feel like a lot of his shakiness kind of was improving to that point. And then, you know, just drop kick something that even at his point of career, he's probably done hundreds of in practice, you know, yeah,
0: for the, for those that haven't seen the match, he drop kicked Madilka Kakuta off the apron And then he just somehow fell directly onto his shoulder. I I don't, I I mean, it's one of those, he could do this again. He could do this a hundred times, 99 times. He's going to roll out like normal. In this one, he just somehow took all of his weight directly onto his shoulder.
2: Yeah, it's just one of those things. And I think that it's a situation that when you like, at least with Revolution, we knew that he was one of the few things happening in September, like that there was going to be movement on him and probably around him. You, you couple that with Nagano, who maybe not unit wise with at least how the company has moved over recent years, but ready for that kind of step. And then Fuda getting that push. And I think that when you look at it in concert, it just kind of like takes you back and it, it, it gives you shows like, well, what we're going to see on Friday. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, you know, when you ha- when a lot of things were based around these these kids and they get hurt, then we're back to the uh, Triangle Gate, and then the now uh, officially announced uh, Kakuta versus Shimizu at Gate of Destiny, the build of that. So it's just one of those things that I just, I was really hoping to get some unit movement for the uh, future kids by the end of this year. And it just seems like by hook or by crook, it's not happening.
0: Yeah, especially in the case of Fuda, it, it seems like, all right, we got to do something with him now. You know, for so long, he was the lowest ranked guy on the roster, and I don't think I'd put him there now. I think he's elevated himself. Even if it's, say, just above Daiki and Tanaka, it's still movement, and he's got a title match coming up. It would be nice to see him be able to find his way into a unit. What what I think is is really important is, if you notice, when these young guys are still out there, the seconds, let's say it's a Yoshiki Kato match, the seconds are nagano and tanaka and daiki and occasionally fuda and occasionally junior
2: junior has been out a lot more than someone in his card position has needed to be yes and,
0: and if i were dragon gate booking i would be challenging myself to by the end of the year make that kaput make sure that junior is solely aligned with whether it's M3K or a young guy's unit, make him a part of that and only a part of that and get these young guys broken up, get them doing something, whether it's with Yamato and Dragon Kid and Doi and Punch, or I, I don't care what it is, get them doing something.
2: Yeah, and it's something that now eyes I, I go to Tanaka, eyes go to Daiki, uh, and eyes go to Kato. Like, like, that's like kind of how, it, it, it's like such a wild thing. Uh, thinking about the future project and the way that like before uh, new japan was starting to get their dojo refilled dragon gate was several years of producing these guys and it's, it's something and, 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 and
0: for those that don't know how did dragon gate or i'm sorry how did new japan replenish their dojo
2: oh by taking away their anachronistic size policy
0: and by mimicking what company dragon gate yep okay all right go ahead
2: yeah but it is something that with like dragon gate debuting for six, three, and enough that you would see a roster. And I think there's like pretty good delineation points now of post 2018, uh, dragon gate era, Torimon era. Like it's something where like there is, a, if we went through and kind of put them in their groups, I think we'd find a relatively a, a somewhat of a balance, but it is something that with these, all these kids. And I know that we've gone down the list of them, so many times before it, I would love for somehow to actually get everyone healthy at the same time. It just feels like that that has not been something that's been possible. And I actually think
0: we talked about that at the beginning of the month that, Oh my God, these guys are finally all healthy at the same time. And uh, forget that.
2: Right. Yeah. So forget that, Uh, forget uh, what might be happening with the uh, rookie selection in the triangle gate tournament. They, Obviously, we're going to lose the D courage, but it was one of those things that, that took the wind out of the sails getting out of that show. Not the only things happening from this Kobe show from the 30th. Uh, the main event was the last match in Big Boss Shimizu versus Reiwa Generation Leaders. As Big Boss Shimizu overcome the 2023 King of Gate and the last man to defeat him in a singles match, Kota Minora winning with the shot put Slam, Immediately afterward, making the challenge for his hometown in Osaka, Gate of Destiny main event has been set. And case I'm not going to. I, how do you feel now that I'm not going to bring up anymore? But what if they don't do it at, in Osaka?
0: I, I'm thrilled. You know, this is this is the right decision. Now there are problems with this match that we can address, but big picture, just looking at it head on. I think they've nailed the build to this. You know, I I think Shimizu feels hot. I think this is the best run of Shimizu's career. And I'm curious to know if you think otherwise. And this has been a six-month story in an era when you think about, you know, for how long Rio Saito has been booking Dragon Gate now. It's a lot of month-to-month, maybe two months. And really, some of the longer-term feuds have been, a, like... Like lighthearted. Like I think about like Dragon Dia versus Don Fuji and stuff like that that was spread out over the course of a few months. This is a six-month program that was set up in May at a Big Five show and is now gone throughout the very least November of this year. And I think every step along the way has been super entertaining. So I, I am into this match, uh, the the Dreamgate match in November. I love Shimizu versus Minora and Kobe. Not as good as their King of Gate final, but a match that I went four stars on. And I think Shimizu's the, the right guy for this moment. I really like the work that he's been doing.
2: Yeah, I uh, largely echo, I was four and a quarter, but I was four and a half on the King of Gate match. I think everything they've done with Shimizu, I don't think you could say w- w- without being a liar that they haven't protected him, kind of babied him every step along the way. Very reminiscent about, Baby and Kakuta to the finish line at Dead or Alive. And it is something that, yeah, no, they, 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 they've they gotten to that point with Shimizu where it is something that in on May 5th, it was an obvious slight for him to be used as like, no, you are not on this level. We are on this level. And just showing it over the last uh, five months. And I think it's something where when we get to uh when we get to Adrian Arena it's something where i think i'm now fully aboard the the fact that just cuz well, like when you have a title program you have a look on the other side of the coin kakuda's dead in the water like i think it's like there's no momentum to him at this point it, it is something where it's not like a big step back the story was told he made that step and opened the door to that new era but I don't think you could look at anything that they've done on one side of this title feud and be satisfied with it, frankly. It it, it is something that, everything with Shimizu, exactly, and if it is something that they have been setting up, that's been spending the six months, essentially, is the entirety of Madoka Kakuda's title run to prepare everyone for the Shimizu title run, that's all right. I get it. You told the story with Kakuda, but I don't have to, like, it, it, it is something like that they've, it feels like in this now that we everything's kind of come to the head that they could have done more with kakuta in the meantime while shimizu was on this road right
0: i I agree with that and and i think big picture this is my complaint with the match my stance on kakuta's dream gate run have the matches been as great as we would want them to be no they have not i also think he hasn't been put in a position to succeed you go back to the yoshioka match this odd baby face versus baby face battle of respect match that nobody really connected with. You go to the menorah match and they kind of both worked as a baby face. Like it was, it was very awkward because menorah had this great run to the title. He beats Yoshioka in this heroic hometown match. He beats Shimizu where he's obviously the smaller guy. And then again, you're, you're in this position where Kakuta and Minora were almost working at both like tweeters, like neither of them wanted to commit one way or another. And now my fear is that we've built Shimazu up and all logic is saying Shimizu should be the babyface. Think about the Ben K match in Cork and Hall. Shimazu worked underneath for about 12 minutes straight. This guy was getting decimated and dominated by Ben K and he's the one that made the fiery babyface comeback, and that has been a reoccurring theme in all of these Shimizu singles matches. Logic would say, okay, Shimizu's going to win his hometown. He is the guy who's been working underneath. He's going to be the babyface here. The problem is that Decourage now exists as the ultra babyfaces in Gate. They are, as we've said a number of times, the main characters in this promotion. They're the guys that sell the merch. They're the guys that have the longest meet and greet lines. They're the guys that ultimately people care about. They are the hometown, uh, you know, home team, rather, baby faces. They are Dragon Gate. They are representing this company more than anybody else. It's going to be awkward for Kakuta to position himself as a heel, but I also think that's exactly what he has to do. They could run into, despite six months of doing the right thing and getting to the right match in the right building, which I was very concerned they wouldn't do, they are now still being met with the problem that Kakuta had in July and then he had in August. And I think if he would have had a defense in September or October, he might have had that same issue. I don't know how to solve this.
2: Yeah, and it is something I think with that and talking about Kakuta, some of, some of it is that where were the heels? Like you beat Shun, you were not going to go back to Shun. No one else in Zebrats other than Kai you could have put to that level. And unless you were going to do the turns, it just feels like that, that that the company went baby face versus baby face at a time where it now you're, you're, you're looking at doing it again and without like any sort of like pull, I guess it just kind of at a certain point, I don't know what the point is, you know, kind of like if it's baby face versus baby face at this and you're, heal units are just basically kind of doing the same old thing then shouldn't we blow this up and relook at Decourage because we're now at a point with them as main characters and i think that you look at the crowd you talk to the people and you look at how the company has gone going with Decourage as the main character has made sense for the last 18 months i think that it was the right first step before really solidifying the new generation leaders but It is something now that we've really had to come to terms with the fact that when you look at the landscape, when you look at the frontline players, it's all so heavily baby faced that it's something where maybe if you were able to have a couple more heels, like maybe throw the money at Ada, get him to do a six month, a six week program building up to Oda City or Sendai. Just give something there because at, at this point, when it's going to be Shimizu versus Kakuta in Osaka, I don't know how the crowd is going to like really get b- behind uh, Kakuta as a heel when they've been given no reason to or like nothing of be, the reason why I say like there's not been enough face and heel matchups. I I just to kind of uh, go to that is that there it's not engendering any sort of emotion at a point where you're able to do the flip. Like that's one of the, the things about Doi and Yamato is that they had the ability to, they, they have and have the abilities to do that. And I don't know if Kakuta does because we haven't really presented him a battlefield of which for him to kind of get that, uh, that level of support.
0: I made the argument in June when that match between Kakuta and Yoshioka was booked, that this should start the fragment of decourage, Yoshioka should lean heel and Yoshioka should eventually turn heel. I thought D. had served their point up to that point for eighteen months, twelve months, uh, just about with Kakuta. And I felt like we were ready for something new. Do I think they're an active detriment to the promotion? No, I do not. But I also think we're in a point now where the promotion is almost being held hostage by these rigid babyfaces when their babyface champion is wrestling nothing but other likable babyfaces. We're in a very awkward spot here. You know, I, I would hope, and I can ask you this on October 3rd, a month out from the match, who do you think is going to win, Kakuta or Shimizu? Who do you think is going to win? Who do you think should win?
2: The answer to all three of those are Shimizu. Mm-hmm. Like, frankly, I don't know. Like, like other than the, the the idea that you do some turns, I guess, but if Daya turns heel, He's not a Dreamgate challenger. Like you don't really have like that added thing here. If Yoshioka turns hard heel, you might be able to get some sort of emotion there. And I think when you've gone babyface versus babyface for so long, you need to have a heel reaction at a certain point. And to, to uh, here's something that I've been thinking about today, Case. That I wasn't ready to do this today, but I am going to plop this on you. Okay, I'm ready like, to be plopped. And I feel like that this, in a lot of ways, kind of gets to the real point here. For all we know, and inside and outside, it, uh, we're on the same page about this. For all we know, Rio Saito is the primary booker. Yes, and has been the primary booker since the August of 2021, if I'm right. Yes. like right after Yoshino's retirement. So we, so, so now we just had a full two years, twenty six months. Do we think he's doing a good job as a booker at this point? Because I think that's kind of what this is. Like, we look at how the units are. We look at how the Dreamgate has been booked over the last two years. And even a little bit leading up to uh, Rio Saito taking over that role uh, officially. But I think we could say that tendency that was shown in 2021 reared its head again the next straight year. So I think we can draw a conclusion there or draw an inference but i don't know if Rio saito is a good booker and it is something where i look at the landscape and i just i'm kind of coming to the thing that i don't know if if his booking is actually helping out the promotion anymore
0: okay let's let's really slow this down and look at this from a few different angles you know i told
2: you i'd plop this on you
0: this is good this is you know i i'm okay with it being plop this also could have been 10 hours of research but i'm we're gonna fly by the seat of our pants here because that's more fun so if we go back to august of 2021 is there a single iconic moment that comes to mind in the same way as And i'll, I'll use the example of shingo turning on bb hulk in 2008 doing the dance and hitting the exploder suplex. I think you and I both recognize that as uh, an A-level, top-tier Dragon Gate angle in history, one of the most memorable moments there's ever been. Off the top of your head, and there's a, a, a very strong chance that you and I are going to forget some of these moments because, again, we're doing this, you know, a, as we're discussing it, we're sort of fleshing this out. Do you think there's been at least one of those moments in the last two and a half years?
2: Yes, I would say the twelve one two thousand and twenty one. I would say the double uh, the the mask versus mask tag match with uh, Dragon Daya, uh losing. I think that that was the clearest thing to a end of world one kind of emotional moment. I think that's a great poll. I I would I
0: would throw that in there, and I would throw the cage match from this year at World. I I think that is something that people are going to remember for a very very long time. I mean the the match you referenced, I, I've never been more stunned by a finish in my entire life. You know, I, I think it might be up there as the single most shocking moment in Dragon Gate history. The cage match, whereas sort of the evolution of that feud, because it can, a lot of it can be tied back there, it was the right result. It was the satisfying result. It was everything that we expected and it delivered as such. So at the very least, you can give him two iconic moments. Do any more come to mind before I, I continue my line of questioning?
2: I would say that you have that you have the cage match. Those two are that the the one that I would say not to that level, but I think for uh the real ones it is was the the, the surprise debut of uh, Mochizuki Jr. Mm.
0: Yeah, that uh that caught me off guard. <laughs> I was not uh, not ready right like, that when that happened.
2: <laughs> but out of like grand emotive moments, that if we want to look at Rios, I just turn, th- there's been a couple of them. I-, I I think that's fair to say. It it's something that he's been able to at least capture the heightened drama that we've seen throughout the uh, remaining uh, twenty three years of the promotion. Yes.
0: What do you think about the match quality? Compare it to different eras if we want to look at. You know, the the beginning of the promotion in Torimon, the early years of Dragon Gate, the late 2000s, you know, when you have the big six come into fruition, you have, say, a golden era there of 2013 to 2016, the era after that, and then sort of Saito's era. Where would you rank the match quality historically?
2: I think that it is kind of uh, something where the match quality might be a shade off. But it is something that I don't know if we can purely attribute that to Saito. I think there's a lot of other things that kind of happen with it. It's not that I disagree with this being made a point. It's just that I think that when you've looked at how the roster has changed, that has also influenced that somewhat, too.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's a deal where I, I I guess let me phrase it to you this way. Do you think? Oh, I don't know how I want to. I, I don't know how I want to ask this. I do think Saito is responsible for it to a degree because Saito is obviously the one putting together matches. And I guess my my larger point here is, I actually think this has been a relatively healthy match quality point for the company in its history. I think it's certainly better than say two thousand seven to two thousand ten, maybe two thousand six to two thousand ten. It's stronger than the very early days of Torrey just simply because there's guys with more experience on the roster. And I also think it's better than that 2017 to late 2018, basically 2017 through Pox return. I think it's better than that. And I think that's uh, partially by way of Saito putting forth really strong matches on paper, those matches delivering the difference is it doesn't peak as high as 2003 Torimon. It doesn't peak as high as 2005 Dragate. It doesn't peak as high as 2013 through 2016 Dragate. And I think that is what a lot of people, Western fans, are hung up on.
2: Yeah, and I should say it's a shade less, but also acknowledging the fact that over his tenure, I've had more, no, 20, I almost said more five-star matches, and I realized, no, R.E.D. Mem- loser must disbands happened technically before he was GM. So yeah like it's something where i think that a lot of how at least entering dragon gate has kind of gotten to it, it has been a little bit if i would say one thing kind of a correction to how things were changing in the company 2018 2019 and it does feel not necessarily like a full like return to tradition in ways but it does feel like i would say that the tenor of the ring style has kind of i, I don't want to call it like it, it, i feel like i'm almost like sniffing my own farts by describing it this way i'm not i don't want to call it neoclassical torium on it is one of those things where it, you, you see the point i'm trying to make though
0: yes i i, I do i do i you know it's uh it's it, it's an interesting era i'll i'll, I'll ask you this finally uh, as we sort of discuss Saito. i have one more question after this but in terms of units in the last eighteen months, or but two 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 years rather, two years, have there been iconic units in the in the history of Drangate that have taken place during this time period?
2: This is where I think I'm gonna get people mad at me. And okay. I I it's something where I w- with some of the other stuff we'll talk about later on in the program, I've have been kind of looking backwards at units that now we have five, six years distance. Outside of Natural Vibes, I am not confident that any of these units uh, will have the kind of nostalgia. I, I think Natural Vibes' longevity and looking at like just the people who came through it and how it's really kind of elevated the roster. We'll look back at Natural Vibes fondly. I think that they their legacy is cemented. M three K will get. Oh,
0: I, 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 I want to stop you there with Vibes, real quick. That is absolutely a testament to Saito's regime Saito's era for making natural vibes feel fresh and urgent losing Genki losing Susumu adding Shimizu adding Strong Machine J finding the right use for Jason and Jackie at different times that is absolutely a credit to him at least during this era
2: and I would say probably one of the biggest credits Uh, but I think you look at the rest of the unit landscape over the last few years uh M3K will be rolled into whatever thoughts we have about the overall M2K legacy. I think that it's just naturally like this is the fourth M2K. Like we have to acknowledge the fact that it is in part of a continuity. Outside of that, I think that personally I have found myself less interested by the heel units over the last uh 26 months. I think that one of the things that uh the booking has gone to that has really handcuffed to the the roster and handcuffed the shows is by having a heel unit be so small, you are basically not only restrained by the amount of matches you can do on the card, and the uh, the idea that you're going to have a lot of shades of gray babyfaces out there if you don't have a big enough heel unit to make it work or babyfaces that are willing to show shades of gray. Don't think we've seen any of that whatsoever over the last two years, but when you have like Z brats at a point where it's four guys, and you could do basically a singles match with Eshan, and then the the three caps names guys in a trio's, I think that that is something that, yeah, SBK, and that that that's unfortunate. But going all the way back, case how long have I said Z brats is restraining the cards? I've yeah, been saying you, you it you've, the been, you've been on
0: that for quite a while,
2: and it's something that when you look at the other units, I mean. Let's us forget Team Boku being a recent thing. Like there's been a lot of kind of uh, ephemeral units. Like Kung Fu Masters has been like a fun thing and we've kind of kept them in that box. But high end.
0: I, I, I would argue not enough is being done with Kung Fu Masters. Right. I really
2: yeah. like their match in Kobe. Yeah, no, like it's <laughs> it something where like that that that's the problem with Kung Fu Masters is well, how much is too much Kung Fu Masters? I think we both would argue you could probably turn off. We could probably have a little bit more Kung Fu Masters on these cards. But... I,
0: I was just I was just on the Guyora sh- uh, website the the shop and I was like, hmm,
2: eh, do, do I want a Kung Fu Masters T shirt? I I really like <laughs> the work
0: they do. <laughs>
2: yeah, but when you like so you have that but then you have what i think when we when we get into dragon system 25 next year case okay, one of the things i'm going to throw on you is make a list uh, on it's like some dead week make a list of your five worst units all time high end might be threatening overgeneration and deep drunkers is number 1
0: oh they're not number 1 i mean you have overgeneration you have elevated for people that.
2: Yeah, Antios is going to be like I, I like the fact that Antios exists because I could defend deep drunkers. So, oh, uh, yeah. I don't know about that. No, I mean, look, high end
0: high end sucked. I hated them. They were not enjoyable at all. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put them on that level. I mean, no, I, you did I mean, did overgeneration really elevate anybody? Elendeman? I, I I don't know. I feel like look, Look at I feel like his his heel turn is where he really started to take off. And I didn't even like that heel turn because that's when he was painting his face and he had that rope with him. I wasn't into that at all, but that's when his stature in Dragon Gate certainly made it seem like he was elevated.
1: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now Off again, that's arena club.com slash VOW net, arena club.com slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club, and we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast. Doors unlocked much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Ufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Ufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Uh...
2: Ishida by the time that overgeneration was done, Ishida became like the the breath of fresh air and maximum that was completely kind of like just, just Doi Yoshi and Jason for a while. I
0: yes, but I would attribute Ashida's elevation to maximum and not overgeneration, which is maybe me being nitpicky, but I, I don't look back at Ashida's overgeneration time and go like, oh, that was the start of something special. I think about that with him and maximum.
2: And the controversial one. Overgeneration might have kind of been when Ata figured out how to be like the charismatic heel because he did the exact yeah. opposite.
0: Well, I mean, look, we're almost a we're, think about this, we're almost a decade removed from overgeneration Ata, and all I've wanted for the last eight years is 2015 Ata. That's all yeah. all I've wanted.
2: You you just want the trash bag dinosaur back.
0: Yeah. I just that's <laughs> Good now point. that's for old listeners. That's for old <laughs> listeners. um Yeah, I just, I just want Ata versus Liger and Ata versus Tozawa. It's you know, I, I don't, I don't need him doing chair spots. I, I want him doing swanky technical moves.
2: Yeah, it, that that is very true. Uh, I just, it, it is something that I look at the unit landscape, and I feel like that that is the biggest indictment of Rio Saito. I think that is something that we we going through the last five weeks and seeing how constrained the cards are. And some of that has been the fact that she's been in America. Like that is true. And that is something that we could talk about the positives and negatives about DG and USA now coming to almost its second year to the close, almost in a weird way. But it is something that I think it's undeniable that when you have these three, four member units, which I think have been the, the trademark of unit composition under Rio Saito, I, it constrains your card and it makes it worse.
0: Okay, but with zebras specifically, this unit started the year with six guys because it was Shun, Kai, Hyo, and Ishan, and then it was SB Kento, and it was Diamante. And it just so happened that Diamante got hurt on a Noah show this year and was forced to miss a bunch of time. So they were down to four because obviously SP Kento was in Mexico. And then they got Diamante back for a minute, and it looked like they were going to get Kento back, and then that did not happen. And then they were back down to four, and then, of course, three with Shun leaving for a month and a half. They they were circumstantially four guys. I don't think that's the way they drew it up, but then you'd have to go to the you know the unaffiliated or to, again, you know maybe my idea with D. Courage and Yoshioka. You'd then have to turn somebody heel. I don't think this was drawn up on the whiteboard as a four-person heel unit. I think unfortunate circumstances have led them there.
2: I think that you could very easily turn your Shiki Kato heel and you have a heel heater and Z-Brats and he would be at a good point for that. Like, like I understand like not as things haven't gone as planned but at a certain point like you have to kind of book with your back against the wall and kind of do that and I don't know with having Z-Brats at four, Gold Class at four, D-Courage at three, M3K at four, that that really has helped out anyone when you have these restrained things. Like, why not have Don Fuji go zombie veteran again. Like, that is one thing that when when they were able to adjust to things in the past, we saw Doidarts and zombie veterans going into Matt Blanky. Like, they've shown the flexibility to adapt to this before, but instead they've said Pat, and I think it's been to the active detriment of the company.
0: So I'm going to ask you a very subjective question because I think for everybody the answer is going to be a little bit different, but let's look at where Dragon Gate is now and let's look at where it was 10 years ago. And if you really want to get in depth with this exercise, we'd go back to 2003 as well. Do you think this era of Dragon Gate has less fun than previous eras of Dragon Gate? Because going back to Zombie Fuji as you know, as a heel, that made me, that made me think of this.
2: Yeah, I... Funness is kind of one of those things that I think maybe with a lot of the departures... It's been hard for the company to be fun, you know, to be mm-hmm. as fun as it was before.
0: There's just, it, you know, it's it's odd because there are things that I wish Dragon Gate did more of. You know, uh, complicated multi man matches, a lot of rules, a lot of different you know styles of being. Uh, I, I think they've they've gone back to some over the top gimmicks, even if they're presented more so in, a, in you know in a clear Ultimo Dragon presentation than a maybe you know a Shima presentation. It's just odd because some of the things that I miss from Dragon Gate are now happening in Gleet and I watch them there and I go, "Oh, well this this feels dated. This feels off." And I don't know if it's just an example of everything in in Gleet, you know, feels like diet soda to me. It's just not the real thing. And so thus I'm I'm less interested or if maybe I you know, the era of nanowoss style elimination matches has just passed us and wrestling has evolved past that but i also think no i'd really like to see some of that stuff in dragon gate still you know i i do think this is a promotion that for as much as i still enjoy it for as much as i love it i still think I, i still think this year it's the it's either the second or third best promotion in the world i mean no one to me is touching cmll but it's it's hard for me to differentiate Trangate between AEW or New Japan. I mean, I just straight up have not liked most AEW this year. Uh, the high-end stuff is awesome. The high-end stuff is the highest-end stuff in the world, but there's been so much dreck and so much stuff that I hate in that company. I don't think I could vote for them in the top three. In New Japan, is that to a lesser degree? You know, the high-end stuff is incredible, but there's also just a ton of New Japan stuff that I'm not interested in. The one little sprinkle that is missing from Dragon Gate is not the match quality. It's not developing young talent. The booking, as we're discussing now, is not perfect, but they've certainly hit their mark on a few different things throughout the year. It does just feel like this year has missed, uh, for lack of a better term, signature Dragon Gate pizzazz. And I don't know what that is. I can't put a finger on it. I can't give you a specific example. But I I could certainly hear that argument that it's missing just a little bit of that.
2: And I, like you brought up Glade, I think that when you kind of see something and maybe something that now five years we kind of have to acknowledge was maybe it is something that when you had those two sides come together, you got those 15 years or those 20 years and we're able to create that. But when they're apart, it's just not the same and it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I'll say this. I feel like. Given all, all the difficulties that's happening right now, at least like economy wise and all of that, uh, I still like Dragon Gate's future. I still love the promotion. It's still like not, not, not a thing where like I've been, I, I've been able in the past to like get through stuff like AEW is a promotion now that I very much get through at this point, And I, more so than not this week, I felt like that. But I, I wonder if a little bit of it is the fact that. You know, like, when everything kind of split and shook out, like, the magic kind of was, like, spread out, and it just, you know, it's not as magical anymore. And I wonder if there's a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, I don't know, because I, I, I will still be the first person to shout and defend at, at other pundits and, and, and people in the Discord, like, this is still an elite-level promotion. It just is. It, it just is. I've, I've got 54-plus star matches this year. The inner ring has been great. And there's been high-end stuff this year as well. It's just at an odd point where, you know, it constantly feels like we're waiting for dust to settle. There, There's a, an anxiousness to this promotion. You really don't know what's happening next. And I think maybe the argument can be made, okay, for so many years in Drangi, for, you know, a decade plus, we didn't know where the company was going, but we trusted them. We knew there was a good driver behind the wheel. And now we don't know where they're going and we're checking GPS on our phone going, are you sure this is where you want to be? Are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you sure this is going to be the plan? Because I, I I think uh, to some degree, trust has been evaporated. Even if again, I mean, God, I look back at, at cars from 2017 and 2018. Those were not good shows. As that, a period of the promotion, I have no interest in going back and watching. Whereas, you know, stuff from 2021, 2022, 2023, there's a lot of good to be found there. There's a lot of stuff that I'll feel nostalgic for in a few years. A lot of stuff I'll want to go back and rewatch. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it's an interesting, interesting time for the company.
2: Yeah. And the, 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 one thing that I'll add on to it, like it is something that when I've been like thinking about this and I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks and it just was something that kind of came to head, uh, over recent days today. And I felt like why not pop it now on a week like this, uh, I, I think back to uh, 2020 and in COVID where even though Dragon Gate kind of was forced to go behind doors and everything was was kind of like thrown up in the air, what do we do? Dragon Gate was the one company that you look at the empty arena, Sambo Hall show, the empty arena one that happened after that, and then the King of Gate stuff before they went back in the crowds and they were still going forward. I don't know. It, it does not feel like recently Dragon Gate has gone forward. It, it feels like that there has been this weight and at least last month i w- i could have gone like oh this weight was for TN revolution obviously can't you can't blame that on the company you can't blame what happened with revolution's injury on like the booking or on anything like that i guess for me it is something where i i feel like i have like talked to you at least privately about this for years now like the idea of the generation change and the specter of what is dragon gate as it moves into a generation of people who will have been who would not have been born when Torimon happened like that that's been a reality more and more on that and maybe it is the lack of trust that i wish i had as they're going into this thing and they're they're at this time where i think that there will be a dragon gate in 5 years but it's going to be a company that just because of natural progression of time and people's careers, I mean, we're on a week where we're having 25th anniversary celebrations. There's a re- it, it, I'm not going doom and gloom here. And if it comes off as of zoom as gloom, I'm sorry, it's reality. This company will be drastically different in five years. And I just wish at this time where we're kind of preparing for that, that I felt a little bit more confident with the person at the wheel.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I wish I wish everybody could get into the mindset of adapt or die with this company specifically because I think far too many people hold on to nostalgia and, and haven't been able to readjust the lens. That again, and I will I will reuse the phrase: this is still an elite level promotion, even if some of the faces and some of the tones have changed. Real quick, I have one more question for you in, in regards to this. I do want to go through the units just in my own mind, real quick. You know, we both agree. I think vibes is uh, a gold medal. A historic unit, one that is so great that it has done good for so many different wrestlers. I am a little higher on Z Bratch than you, although if you would have asked me at this time last year, I would have said they're on their way to being a historically great heel unit. I think that has dipped a little bit. Gold class is a mess. I won't be able to properly evaluate gold class for a decade. Uh, you know, decourage is what it is. I, I think jury's still very much out on them and their legacy. And I will forever be the high man on M3K. I love this unit. I love what it's done for Mochi, for Susumu, for Kanda, and for Junior, and I, I think Saito deserves some credit there. But as we put a bow on this conversation, if you had to give a letter grade to Rio Saito as a Booker, where are you at here?
2: Am I allowed to do pluses and minuses? Or uh, are we yes. just-
0: no? That's right. We're, we went to America. I don't know what European
2: schools do, but we went to the American <laughs> school system.
0: Well, plus, yeah, plus or minus is a grade. What do you mean?
2: yeah i hey i had a couple professors that just said there are three grades in this class a b or f so no no a b or f no grad school man
0: oh what a sham
2: yeah yeah why do you think i decided not to go for my doctorate I, yeah i, I don't it's look i i i got a, i got a girlfriend in grad school right now and I, I can't
0: believe some of the mumbo jumbo she's got to put up with
2: oh yeah uh, oh yeah though so it would be fun to be referred to as dr michael spears on this very show that's not i, the I would, I would
0: never do such a thing yeah 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 I, I,
2: <laughs> yeah the, the, it, it's more of me it's myself on the shoulder for that but letter grade right, a, a proper letter grade here you go i would go i would go b minus interesting I, I i'm sorry it is something where i think that you if we decided to go through the main event we did we talked a little bit about it but the main event title picture and the way that i don't think that other than yuki oshioka i don't know if anyone necessarily we can say is that much better off like shun was strong going into his second title run like 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 let's not uh act like that it was the big elevating thing this was kind of the thing where he needed that and it was the right time to do that i don't know if if you would say that uh that, that the title picture merits anything higher than a B minus. Like, well,
0: okay. Well, okay. So the, the champions since August of 2021, it's Yamato, it's Kai, it's Yoshioka, it's Shun on that short run, and then it's Kakuta. I, oh, man. I don't know. I didn't like that Yamato run because it, it it made me a little uncomfortable. Like we were kind of starting at ground zero after every defense, I like the Kai. Uh, I like the Kai title change. I liked all of Kai's matches, other than the Yoshida match. Yoshika, uh, y- Yoshioka stuck the landing there. Shun stuck the landing. You know, had the match with Yoshioka that I, I think I like more than everybody else. Had the match with Strong Machine J that did its job, and then had the match with, K- with Kakuta that was great. And I think I think everything through Kakuta getting the belt has actually been pretty strong.
2: Even with Kobe World
0: 2022, mm. checkmates.
2: No response to that. Well, well, well said. Well said. Like, that was, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, that's no. You're you're not wrong. It, it it's something where like it, it, if it was something that it was just Kakuda just feeling kind of like a lame duck, and now we're looking at like a month where he's basically holding the title hostage. If it was just that, I probably would go B the B plus. I can't like when when it's all said and done when we're going to talk about like big dragon gate moments dia losing his mask will make the top 5 and i think that if it was something where the dream gate picture was better we'd be talking bb plus but i can't act like i that that he booked a, a a very strong kobe world and that he does not have weird ideas with the dream gate
0: no that's look it was my my point at kobe world was i i think this is the guy who has a history now of getting too cutesy with the Dreamgate belt at certain points, you know, instead of being very direct heel versus face, he's, he's, he's done some odd stuff that I haven't always agreed with.
2: Yeah. It it, it was just something that I felt like that coming to a head, we used to do general, uh, we used to do GM Ryo Saito. How are you doing? It just felt like it was time to do a report card on a week. Like this one. Did you have any other really thoughts about this Kobe symbol hall show? It was fun. But it did not really. Other than Kakuta and Ishin and Fuda deciding to have their own match, it it, it was just an, a nice nice uh, monthly show. It felt like.
0: Yeah, I actually I, I do want to spend just a little bit more time on Kobe because I came oh, into the I, I came into this show super down because I, I it aired on the thirtieth, but I did not watch it until uh, the day we're recording, the third, and so by that point. Not only had the TN injury been confirmed as something serious, but I knew it at some point on this show, Nagano was going to get hurt and Fudo was going to get hurt. And I, you know, I just li- life has has gotten the better of me lately. I'm behind on everything. I, I'm i behind on Lucha. I'm behind on New Japan. I'm behind on AEW. I, I, there's very little wrestling being watched in my life right now. So my finger's a little bit off the pull, So I, I don't have great momentum of like, God, I just watched this one great show. Now I'm going to go watch my favorite promotion. I I was just basically staring at the at a at a loaded gun going. Oh my god, I have to watch this Kobe Sambal Hall show where two guys get hurt and their young prodigy is confirmed out for an extended period of time. This is going to suck. And it gets off to a slow start, but I I actually really enjoyed this show and I want to talk about uh, the, the matches four and five here, just real quickly, the Zebrats match, Yoishin and Kai and Shun versus Fuji Doi, Fuda, and Kondo first, and then we'll talk about D versus the Rookies. I am so impressed with Rio Fuda, and, and I have shouted it and shouted it and shouted it, and I think one day I will be proven right. This guy is just so talented. If he can stay healthy, he is going to be a, a very active participant and things that matter within the scope of Dragon and if he can make it to his hometown in Sendai, I think he and Ishin are going to put forth a tremendous Brave Gate match.
2: Yeah, it, it it is something that Fuda and Ishin basically brawl the entire match, and it rules. And it's something where like you have the you have the ringside brawling that eventually everyone gets back in the ring. But, it, but as soon as like Fuda leaves the ring, he goes right over to Ishan and they start smacking the shit out of each other. And it is just awesome. And during that brawl, the big, the, the entire eight man tag brawl. do you notice who Fuji went after? It wasn't against a Z Brats guy. No, no, I don't. Oh, he went after junior again. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So That's- like you had all of this, like going with it. And It is something where I'm fully converted on Fuda. I think that it's, it's something where like, I always thought he had the talent. It just was, I was not, I, I, I come from an era of Dragon Gate where I remember when people get do poorly and then they get put in fat guy gimmicks. And it was something that like, there's still something that kind of in the back of my head was going like, I don't know about this. I just don't know. But, through the, the entire build and everything of this, they get to Sendai. It's going to be a belter. And I have all confidence that it will be a great match.
0: Yeah, like I mentioned, I think it was last week, you know, Ishin and Fuda are tight behind the scenes. So I, I would imagine they're going to put forth an extra effort here to sort of solidify Fuda. It's it's funny you mentioned Don Fuji. The other thing I wanted to bring up with this match was there's a great spot where Fuda goes on this big run of offense and he knocks Ishin into the corner and and Fuda sort of starts to to take a breath, to take a break, and Fuji is on the apron, just telling him to go, 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 go after Ishan, and it's a perfect use of Fuji, and it's a reminder, like, man, Fuda's been on an island his entire time. At best, you could say he had a loose affiliation with Kaisuke Akuda when Akuda's stock was at the at the very lowest. And I just think Fuda being able to match guys, literally in the sense of color coordination, and having a group around him, uh. Even from a kayfabe sense, I just think that is going to do so much good for him. I really hope it happens sooner rather than later. I really like this 8-man tag.
2: Yeah, it's something where... You know, it's one of the things about Fuda that I think, in some ways, holds him back a little bit. And it's not, like, a bad thing. It's something that just kind of happens. You know who he reminds me of, personality-wise? Who's that? Susumu. Okay. He kind of has just, like, a even kind of disposition he wears purple it's one of those things where like i kind of always get a susumu vibe for him but this ishan feud has really got the has really pulled out like the the fact that well, there's no doubt ria fuda wants to get his ass and him showing anger and like this is something that at least for me is a big step forward because i thought that he was kind of just a very uh just chilled out striker for a long time you know i needed this i needed to see some fight with him
0: yeah, look, I, I, I love him. I'm thrilled for him. I, I, I really hope he knocks out of the park and gets healthy. As for the Open the Triangle Gate Tournament Championship match, I want to spend just a minute here. Dayakakuta Kakuta and Yoshioka versus Dagano Tanaka and Kato. What did you think about this from an in-ring perspective?
2: I was close notebook. As I was, was I. Three and three quarters on as, it. As, as was I. Yeah. Yoshiki Kato is someone that I'm so glad he's back and everything is is seemingly on the up and up with him because I really enjoyed the portions with him and Kakuda. I, I,
0: I as did I, Mike. I, I'm yeah, glad yeah. we talked about this because we're on lockstep here.
2: Yeah, it, it is something that Kato, he is such a different kind of person on this roster. And just physically, the fact that he towers over everyone and has the and has like this power fighting just a d- determination that like it was very earned like there was a deep near fall where he hit the metal the modified blood fall on Daya, and i bought it i was like oh shit the, the the rookies that again kato miracle kato he's the one rookie who was able to beat anyone on this roster and he did it i i they had me for a moment
0: they had me there and then they had me with tanaka going for a flash pin on yoshioka and i thought this was another really solid tanaka outing uh, yeah, This was, that uh, like, like you said, this was this was a really good match. I, I enjoyed this. So if you have not seen this show, watch the last three matches. I think they are all well worth your time.
2: Yeah, like that's the thing about this Kobe show. Like the first half of it, the Kung Fu Masters match, given the fact that it had Punch Shomonaga in it, over-delivered to it. Uh, you had a Royal Sambo that was randomly like M3K versus Natural Vibes to start that was just kind of there. But when you get to match to the meat of the lineup here, I mean... Three matches threatening Notebook, one match making it. I really, like, it, it, it's something that even with our consternation, I do thoroughly enjoy this promotion as much as anything else in the world. Especially when, you have, when you're able to see matches like this where you get to see a back half of the show that really, with the exception of Fuji, Kai, Kondo, and Doi, sickeningly young. Sickeningly young back half.
0: Yeah, look, I, I I will I will end this by saying I, I think pretty confidently that Drangate has had a better 2023 than AEW. Uh, let's talk about the Buoyadin show happening this week. Mike, I'm going to give you a second to pull up the card. I'm going to have you read it because I'm sure there's names on there that I can't pronounce, but this is coming <laughs> up in just a few days. Shinjuku Face, this is the Masaki Mochizuki Produce Shows, the third one from this year. It'll be live on the Drangate Network. The first two shows were a ton of fun. I, I I really loved the fact that they brought them back this year. I've enjoyed every one of them, and I really, really like this card on paper.
2: Yeah, and something that I've noticed, Case, you know who has not been pulled from this card? Who's that? Ria Fuda. Oh, boy. All right, that's good to hear. Yeah, Uh, I I will have a written review of this up for Voices of Wrestling sometime this week. It's a five-match card, a whole lot of meat to it, opening— uh Ryo Kaw- Kawamura from representing Pancrase in Yokohama teaming with Poncho versus Hikaru Sato and Ryo Fuda that's uh y- you get DG shooters and you get actual shooters on that uh open the war gate K- Kikotaro defends against regular regular ordinary salaryman Minonori Sawa trio's match Mochizuki Jr., Yoshiki Kato, and Ryoya Ryo, and Ryo Tanaka versus, and I'm reading the translation from Geor, so I apologize if I get names wrong here, uh, Fujimura, Ozawa, and Owada from <laughs> Noah.
0: <laughs> The so, Noah rookies. That is, that, that is my DJ horn. I'm very excited about that match.
2: Yeah, there's a lot there. Speaking of Noah, case, we have a match here for me. It, it, it's Yamato and Don Fuji, my favorite occasional Dragon Gate tag team, they're back together they're reuniting on this one and they're facing Takashi kashi sogera and Masaketamiya of pro wrestling noah main event masaki mochizuki and fujita jr hayato versus masato tanaka and dragon kid Buyaden remains non-stop bangers
0: and this is the i think this is the best looking card of the three they've done this year
2: yeah i i am actually really excited to see punch Tomonaga get like absolutely swallowed up by hikaru sato wearing a virgin killer sweater I yeah, can't wait.
0: That should be fun. The rookies tag, they've got the right rookies in there, Junior, Kato, and Tanaka. And, uh, you know, the thing with Pro Wrestling Noah, they'll never develop these guys. But as young boys, they're a lot of fun to watch. The the Fujimura, Ozawa, and Iwata team. So I, I have very high hopes for that as well. And then before you jump in, I just have to—I have to note, I can't think of two wrestlers with greater dispositions in terms of effort, and presentation than Don Fuji and Takashi Segura.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, it, in a lot of ways, can't you just like mind candidate that they were high school friends? One of them turned out to be the deadbeat. One of them kind of still is kind of a deadbeat, but made something of themselves.
0: Well, yeah. It, like Segura acts like he is like three times divorced, and Fuji <laughs> just he he drowns it out. He's drinking beers in his garage, listening to sports radio. I,
2: I, and watching train videos of course yeah no it, it, it's it's just fantastic and masakinomiya i enjoy him like oh, god, it, yeah. oh my god yes yeah it, it is something here that like w- hopefully we get cranky yamato here just to add to it that it the, the thought process uh behind this i don't know if i'm um, if i'm willing to put masaki mochizuki booker of the year but i like the way that he's thinking on this show
0: i mean look at the main event that that is uh Moshi and 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 hayato who hayato for me is probably a top 50 wrestler in the world this year based on the the small sample size that i've seen all of it's been great against dk and tanaka which is you know emotional tag team if you want to get into their fmw tie-in that i this is awesome i can't wait to watch this show
2: yeah so um of course uh masato tanaka of fmw uh dragon kid uh former f referee uh he did death matches not the most famous ones but more often than not if you saw a very undersized guy in the referee in death matches you would see a young dragon kid because you got hazard pay doing those and uh Onita told him he was too small but ultimo said no you're not too small
0: yeah, ultimo said wait you have money okay all right <laughs> right you, you, you got know, I mean, hazard has- pay money you know i i i can give you hazard pay money
2: too let's uh hand it over <laughs> it's a hazard handing me the money Yeah, hey see you in tijuana yeah 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 so that's going to be buy it and it is on thursday that is not the only live show this weekend we're in october we're in the we're in the busy time uh we have uh get a victory from uh tokyo on cork hall on october 6th it is a uh, jomi i have the card pull up Jumiko yeah, please, no, please yep uh we open up with the mochizukis versus don fuji and yoshiki kato oh yeah uh, K- uh Kagatara and punch uh, i'm sorry Kagatora and problem dragon versus hoho loon and daiki yanagiuchi 25th anniversary memorial match ginky horiguchi versus yazushi kanda 25th anniversary memorial match susumu mochizuki versus Kenichiro rai tag team match uh Big Boss Shimizu, and Strong Machine J versus Suji Kondo and Ata, Eight-man tag, Natural Vibes, KZ, Jason Lee, UT, Jackie, Funky, Kamei versus the whole complement of Z-Brats. And then the main event, the 87th Open the Triangle Gate Champion Tournament Finals three-way trios match. Gold Class, Kota Minora, Benkei, Naruki Doi versus D-Courage, Madoka Kakuda, Yuki Oshioka and Dragon Daya versus Yamato, Dragon Kid, and punch the Manaka.
0: good card good card. There, there there should be some good stuff on this big picture what are your thoughts here
2: big picture i i like a lot of the show uh i'm not going to complain about revisiting mochizuki jr and don fuji in match one of course nope. uh it is uh we're going to talk about the 25th anniversary matches in a minute but i think like the the, the only kind of huh match is match five like i get like shimizu because uh Kakuta is in d which is a three-person unit uh he has to be in the main event there so you're not you you'll have that bill coming out of that main event match i think i might be a little higher on the show than you other than it just kind of match five just is it, it it's an understandable kind of eyebrow raise yeah i think
0: i was really high on this car when it came out and i think i still am i just i i have to remind myself oh wait a minute no the the eight-man tag should be great and even there's a chance that Shimazu and kondo get going and that match is good this this is a very good show on paper i i should not have slided it the way that i did
2: yeah and it's i'll be interested in seeing like daiki being put into match two with the people that are usually in match two i hope for a better future for him than this i just hope that like again I, I, the this is the the uh, old treatment of rookies. I'm just hoping that it's not going to kind of just kind of land there. I think Daiki has made some steps that I would like to see more of him than just uh, teaming with Hoho against Kakator and Punch uh, and Problem Dragon. Why keep on calling him punch Managa?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Main I event, know. main event, Triangle Gate Championship match, Gold Class, Minora, Benkei and Doi versus Yamato Dragon Kid and Punch versus Kakuta Yoshioka and Daya. Who do you think is coming away with the belts there?
2: Oh, Gold Class. I think they're going to put the belts back on them.
0: I would not, I, 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 th- I think it's 60-40. I would not be surprised if Yamato and Dragon Kid and Punch walk away with these belts.
2: Yeah, like, honestly, I just think that D like, at that point, you don't want to have your Dreamgate champion have another belt. Like, that's, like, they're okay doing, like, Brave and Twin, but I don't think Dream should be a part of that. So it's really between those two, and I do still lean heavily towards Gold Class.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while since we've had a match like that. It should be a good time.
2: Yeah. And I hope, hopefully, it's a traditional three way and we get two falls. I, it, it just bugs me when they have one fall three ways. I feel the same way. But uh, we did uh, kind of gloss over a moment ago. It's the 25th anniversary of Torimon next January 31st. And it isn't, even though that's going to be the 25th anniversary of the promotion, it's not the 25th anniversary for some guys, as we are going to have. 25th anniversary memorial matches for Genki Horiguchi, Azushi Kanda, Susumu Mochizuki, and Kenichiro rematches of that first Torimon Japan landing show from January 31st, 1999. Yeah.
0: Fun stuff here. I, you know, it, it, this has been uh, a year where they've been doing 25th anniversary house shows. I of course celebrated Genki Horiguchi's 25th anniversary by talking about his El Numero Uno performance, which turned 20 years old this week. And I expect these two matches to be pretty emotional, and and I expect them to be a lot of fun. And I sort of, you know, once in the last half of this podcast, reminiscing about these four guys.
2: Yeah, so it, it it's something where at, at least with these four guys, it is, it feels like that this is like that generation. the The door's not closed, but the door is closing with this, and especially for someone like Kenicho Arai who is back off of dragon gate shows it feels like it's nice seeing him here but yeah case uh i i guess i'll, I'll uh, hand it over to you you kind of had a couple of questions for for us to talk about with these four guys yeah so
0: we just spent an hour talking about the the here and now in the state of dragon gate we're gonna spend the next you know 25 minutes talking about uh the past the nostalgia the the remember when it's not the lowest form of conversation here it's an interesting discussion to be had We'll start off with Genki Horiguchi. I've got three questions uh, for each guy, so I guess we'll actually go question by question here, not guy by guy. But when you think about Genki Horiguchi, what are the first match or matches that come to mind?
2: Weirdly for Genki, I think about Mad Blanky versus Jimmys for Genki.
0: Oh, the 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 unit disbands match?
2: Yeah, I, I kind of go for that one. Uh, El Numero Uno I view as kind of like an overall event with that. And it here's like the sad thing. As much as I enjoy the fact that he was King of Gate 2012, I could not tell you he, who he faced in that match.
0: Ooh, finals of King of Gate 2012. I'm going to have you look up the correct answer to this. My guess is that it was a Kira Tozawa.
2: All right. I'm pulling that up right now. King of Gate. Cause 20- the, the
0: next year, I know the next year was, was Ricochet and Shingo in the finals. Right. and the year before king of gate 11 i don't remember who won that uh, so you
2: so you were correct it was akira tozawa losing in 2012 to nice. ginky horiguchi just taking a battle axe in my heart uh 2011 it was hulk versus konda but konda got the first title match and they ran hulk at kobe world
0: that's right okay do you still have king of gate 2012 pulled up yes sir was that did they do the format where they did the semifinals and finals in Osaka that year?
2: I just have brackets. I don't have days. Okay,
0: let me let me look that up real quick. So now, now I'm curious just to see. I don't know who he wrestled in the semifinals, and I I would like to know that as well. So Genki oh, uh, won.
2: Genki, uh, he faced a Mochi.
0: Wow, I don't think I've seen that. And that was at Kobe. Okay, so they just did the finals in Osaka. Uh, they did Kobe the night prior with Tozawa and DK. And Genki and Mochi. I, d- I don't remember that Mochi match at all.
2: Yeah, and like I guess like the frustrating thing about that 2012 one. Now that I'm looking at the bracket, was that Tazawa was kind of finally he 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 beats Stoy, he beats Yoshino, and he beats Dragon Kid, and it's like okay, he's already taken out like the two top people of his generation at that point. Like now is he going to finally take that step where he's kind of been lagging behind the rest? This was pre the announcement of the Big Six, but this was still in the air big six and it was ginky's night in the sun if anybody
0: has this may 18th 2012 show please shoot me a dm the fourth match on this show is masato yoshino and pak versus shima and Ata kobayashi and i would like to watch that
2: yeah this was the uh the king of gate that uh Eita got in because he won king of chop that's right Ryan. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, and he beat KZ in the first round of the tournament to show you where KZ was at at this point in his career.
2: Yep, absolutely. So what's your ginky match that comes to mind?
0: So I obviously I go to Shima, uh, El Numero Uno 2003, the other one that comes to mind. And this is one of the other greatest matches in Dragon System history. And I, I, I would certainly put this, if not in my top three, then at worst, my top five. I think of and now I'm panicking uh, just to make sure that Genki was in this match, even though I know off the top of my head that he is uh, because, yes, of course he was. This was Kobe World 2005, the Open the Triangle Gate Championship match between Do Fixer, and this was Genki and Saito and Dragon Kid, and they wrestled the Blood Generation trio of uh, Shima Don Fuji and Naruki Doi. I think this is one of the best matches and the history of Dragon Gate, it's a five-star match, and a lot of that was built on the back of Genki sort of being the super worker in this match, whereas when they would wrestle in Ring of Honor a year later, that match was built around Dragon Kid and wanting to make Dragon Kid be the star. I don't know if Genki's performance was as heavy-handed. I don't think they were going into this match hoping that Genki Horiguchi was going to come out of it a superstar. If anything, I, I, I would think they would want that for Rio Saito, but Genki, just down the stretch, there's so few wrestlers in all of wrestling that are able to produce engaging closing stretches the way that genki does and this was him to me at his apex
2: yeah that's a good point because when i think about like a best era of genki i think it is do fixer era right
0: yes genki was just a little bit of hair left over
2: yeah yeah it is basically where my hair is at right after a haircut basically yeah, <laughs> I would say I'm I realizing that like no one else other than me knows what I'm saying about that. But yeah, I it, it's something where I think afterwards, like you you get into like his big heel run. Like, yeah, it's a kind of around that with do fixer going face kind of at one point. But I think like that heel run, it took a lot to kind of get me back onto the ginky Horiguchi train. But going into it and in do fixer felt like he was as big.
0: Yeah, I am not into heel Genki. That's always something that has just never, never really clicked with me.
2: Yeah, it just kind of is kind of stank. It, it, and it's one of those things which is kind of disappointing because I think, like objectively, he had like one of the most insanely cool heel looks.
0: Yes, yes, he did, and it just never, never matched up in the ring there. As for his opponent on this show, Yasushi Kanda, what match or matches come to mind when you think about Kanda?
2: I. I, the match that comes to mind right now, and it's something where, like, uh, I, I spent some time. I think it's the Twingate win. I think it's that the, that's the one this year. I think that that was the one that kind of put it over. Defeating Congo was like the match for me, just because I think this is, we're seeing his best work right now in his entire career. And yes. it's something that I don't think I shout this from the mountaintops high enough that that uh, Yazushi Kanda in his 25th year of pro wrestling after having one of the more traumatic uh, injuries one could have and come back to wrestling 20 years beforehand is doing some of the best work out of anyone on the planet. I mean, Case, Yazushi Kanda, 50th best wrestler working today.
0: Oh, he's going to be my top 50 for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it has to be him. And even though I think that actually now that I'm really thinking about the Ray Perry House Finals versus Decourage Courage is the match, like as much as I say it's a title one, it's really the match where they just went all out. And I, I will think about uh, the opening with the uh, plancha dies to that match for a long time.
0: I have a, I have a, uh, a very hot take ish question for you. I'm just curious as to where you stand on this. But yeah, go ahead. In the year 2023. And I am talking purely from a bell to bell standpoint who has had a better ring year. Yasushi Kanda or MJF.
2: Oh fuck you! Oh fuck Ah. you! (laughs) Uh, jeez, honestly, you see, this is a tough one because I do enjoy someone who's able to work, and MJF in this face run has proven to be a hell of a worker. I, 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 I'm a a sicko for people not doing as much, doing as little possible, and getting the biggest response. Uh,
0: He's he's giving me he's giving like boston gardens 1985 show and i that that is not a that is a compliment from some people not a compliment from me
2: yeah yeah no uh, i who am i enjoying entering more it's yuzushi konda yeah i've got four konda
0: matches at four stars or higher this year including one at four and three quarters and one at four and a half i have two mjf matches at four stars or higher this year and uh, the four and a half star match against brian danielson and then a four-star match against Adam Cole from June. Uh, I could not be lower on MJF as a personality, as a wrestler, as an entity right now. Konda, meanwhile, having the best year of his career. So there you have it. Yasushi Konda, a better wrestler than MJF in the year 2023.
2: Yeah, and it's something where with Konda, I'm instantly like, I know that this is his mountaintop, to steal a quote from Tim Storm. But I really do think like I now have, like, a certain energy towards him that I could not have any time before this. Like, through the history of Open the Voice Gate case, Yazushi Kanda's stock has never been as high as it has been right now.
0: No, I you know, well, look. Uh, let's table this discussion for for later when we circle back to Kanda, because I think there's a point to be made here. Uh, but first, I want to talk about Susumu Yokosuka, Susumu Mochizuki, Jimmy Susumu, if that's okay. Yes, let's do it. All right, same question. What, what, what are the matches that come to mind with Susumu?
2: So two matches. The first one is uh, Yokosuka y- Chome versus Amigo Tag. Uh, uh, that's the original Jimmys versus uh, Masato Yoshino and Sachi Boy. That's not as much a Susumu match, but it is, I think, the loudest that I've ever heard Cork and Hall, at least on video, was during that match. And then I... The the further I get away from it, the more I hold the Kai versus Susumu Yokosuka match. Great poll, not not one I thought about. Great poll. Yeah, and it's something where I think that when you look at Susumu, he is someone that when we get into legacy, he is like, like we've talked about him being like the Tim Duncan of of pro wrestling. And I probably owe you like five bucks at this point for using that that poll quote, but it, it's something where. Sasumu has just really, you you could almost pick an era of his career. And I was like trying to think of like, okay, what's the, him as a, as a Jimmy singles match. I was like, yeah, he had like the insane match against Flamita. And, <laughs> and, and then from there, I'm just like, oh, wow. I think that this guy is someone who has one of the more like shockingly deep uh, match records out of anyone in wrestling working today.
0: Yeah, I, you know, for me, Sasumu, you got to look at, the Shingo matches. And that is the 2008 match. That is the three matches in Gate UK. And those are the two matches from 2016, the Valentine's Day one and the one from early March at Champion Gate. I think he did his best work against Shingo. I think they're two of the greatest, you know, at worst, 25 wrestlers. I might put Susumu in my top 20 at this point. Shingo, of course, a top five guy. They did their best work with one another. They are, uh, you know, maybe other than Shingo and Will Ospreay, they're each other's best opponents. The other one, that I, I always feel like Susumu doesn't get the, the love for this match that he deserved is Susumu and Shima versus the Young Bucks from the first ever at USA show.
2: Yeah, that one was so much fun. Like that is one that I think in a lot of ways, especially for where the Young Bucks were, I think that that was like a huge step forward for them. And then as well, like, basically susumu and shima going like we're gonna get you guys over it's okay you know
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> F- follow us and you'll you'll be better off in 16 minutes
2: right yeah 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 like i i don't think like i other than like rewind and rewatch like thinking about like 2009 young bucks is one of those like properties i'm like oh wow well, the path you will take to get to where you are now and that's going to involve basically being uh paint by numbers by susumi yokosuka
0: look I-, I always tell you and private, I I wish I had 28 hours in the day. If I had 28 hours, I could do everything I need to do in my life to pay bills and have relationships with people, but also I could do everything I want to do for this podcast. One of those would be a very, very deep, very, very long rewind and rewatch on the career of the Young Bucks, because let me tell you, by 2009, better than most tag teams to have ever existed. Not historically, but that run in 2009, that starts you know what would become a a decade of pure destruction
2: yeah like that like that's the thing like i maybe uh didn't give them enough credit just then because they were are really on board by 2009 this wasn't like uh them in pwg at that point like this was two years after doing significant dragon gate work
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, final guy on this list when we talk about the matches uh, before we get into eras and legacy real quick as we sort of round out this podcast. Kenichiro Rai, Arkin, your guy. Uh, what matches come to mind when you think about him?
2: So it, it, it's something where, and for me, it's very hard for me to kind of look at him outside of this guy's. I think his best work was done with Taku Owasa as his tag team partner. Mm-hmm. I think that the best match of his career and one that if you're someone... I don't know if this one is up on the uh, network just because this was before they officially became Dangerous Gate. Uh, this is uh, September 22nd, 2007. It is for the WAR International Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. It was uh, Rioska versus Kenichiro Rai and Taku Owasa Tozawa to Juku. That's probably, I think, like his best tag match. But like, just for like emotion-wise, I'm going to go towards... Uh, Gate of Destiny Zetterans versus uh, uh, Tozawa Chuku.
0: I also have a Taku Wasa match, although mine is with the aforementioned Susumu and Rio Saito. This is from the famed No Ring Show and 2008 Summer Adventure Tag League, the Arakan and Awasa versus Saito and Susumu match. Just a perfect example of showcasing Arakan and Awasa's creativity. A-, a tag team like none other, in a just excellent pro wrestling match.
2: Yeah, they had a 4 and a quarter star match at the very least in a ring with no ropes, with yes. no with like, with, no, it,
0: with with no nothing.
2: Yeah, with just basically the canvas on the ground. And it, it it's something with uh Arkan. I think like it it's almost unfair kind of how things kind of played out with him that like I think he is someone who does not get enough credit for the Torimon era through the end of uh, Tozawa Juku uh, for how he was as a worker just yes. because of the fall off him. And a lot of it starting with eat drunkers and that kind of becoming his character. But so, I, uh, go ahead, sorry, sorry, sorry. But I was just going to say, but leading up to it and really up to his heel turn joining Real Hazard, I think his Real Hazard stuff still was pretty strong. I think you're looking at then, a decade of stronger work than people realize
0: one of my biggest takeaways and this is this was the start of the pandemic when i did this so even you know it was already a few years ago but when i went back and watched drag each 2005 from start to finish one of my big takeaways was oh even by this point like orai is a really good wrestler and he really matters you know he, he's not a main event guy he's not looked at on that level but he, he's almost a bit of a gatekeeper. Like you had to prove yourself against a ride to really mean something. And he's awesome that entire year.
2: Yeah. There's like a series of, and it's not just through like 2005, but there's like a lot of strong, like grimy singles matches that he has that I don't think it's get enough credit.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. There's also a spot where he and Doi are wrestling at Kobe chicken, George and Doi goes to throw a missile dropkick off the top rope and Arakan blocks it with his head, and so Doi Doy takes the bump, even though he kicked Arakan in the head, and that is one of the best
2: spots ever. I and I think that it is something with Arakan that no one got like. Especially out of that Toriyama, like first through classes, no one got the vibe of who they were going to be for the remainder of their career immediately as quickly as Kanicho or I.
0: Yes, <laughs> well, I think when you look like that, decisions are made <laughs> for you.
2: <laughs> Fate has made your decision.
0: Yeah. All right. So real quick here, uh, I, we we already talked about this a little bit with Genki Horiguchi but the best era of these guys career, I, I guess we'll look at this as when, what unit were they in when they did their best work? Uh, fire these off here. Genki Kanda, Susumu and Araken
2: go. All right. So as I said, uh, Genki do fixer, uh, Orokin to Juku, just because the, uh, Shen M2K is up there. But like, I do think like that he was like one of the few things that were really kind of working in those two M2K variants. Uh, Konda M3K. Yep. Like, I think that it is something that we we give our flowers when things happen on this program, and we have to recognize the kind of career he's had. Sasuma's so, the tough one, man, because you can make an argument that Typhoon-era Sasuma Yokosuka might be the best Sasuma Yokosuka.
0: You know, didn't even cross my mind. I wouldn't say that, but I can not argue it.
2: But, like, going, like, maybe not, like, purely... Uh, typhoon but typhoon into warriors that like O seven through 09 uh, uh, or before all of the shenanigans with Rio Saito and the heel turns
0: yeah I mean even by that point he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and we're talking about trash bag pants Sasumu mm-hmm. where I think his look is so bad that it's almost distracting but like I that guy's he's incredible you know he's just oh my god
2: yeah, and he saw the singlet at some points. Yeah, it was a it was an awful look, but hey, it was worked... r- really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what are your errors?
0: I would go do fixture for Genki. Like you said, I would go M3K for Konda. Uh, like you said, I would go with the Jimmys for Susumu. I, I will I will always think of him as a Jimmy and maybe, you know, Saito and Genki might have owned that branding a little bit more. But when I think about the Susumu matches that I love, it's Jimmy's era Susumo. You know, that was that was his best stuff uh, to me. And then for Arakan, I would either say Shin M2K or Final M2K. They were largely the same unit, or at least his presentation was the same. But that era of his career, for sure.
2: He just looks so cool with a Sukaban on. You he know? looked great, yep. yeah. Yeah, it, it, there was a few people who were more made to wear a Yakosuka jumper. It wasn't Susumu Yakosuka, it was Sua and Kenichiro Rai. I am mad that that tag team never really happened. Oh, Sua. But he, he looks like he's going to go to. Uh, he was mentioning he's going to Susumu's anniversary show. That's
0: awesome. I, you know, we talked about that with Jay a few months ago. But just the the return of Sua as a public figure, we talked a lot about you know depressing Dragon Gate things early on. I still think that is something that's just like I don't know. I see Sua on my feed every day. We follow each other on Instagram, and I'll like look at you know some like shitty concert thing that I filmed and put on my Instagram. And I'm like, oh, Sua watched this video. That's insane.
2: <laughs> S- Sua has a lot of thoughts about postal service and yeah, like the like, like, album. like
0: like Sua knows more about the Chicago punk scene than he should, just because he's in, <laughs> he's like adjacent to my life now. It's wild.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, no. He's going to be at the show on the seventh. That's he's awesome. There. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, but oh gosh, Sua and Arakan. I mean, doing it for us follically challenged guys out there. <laughs> Just doing it for it. All right,
0: real quick, and you can answer these in a you know a sentence or two. We don't have to go too long on these. But if I ask you, what's the legacy of Genki Horiguchi? What is your response to that?
2: Uh the greatest crowd work guy of his era.
0: Yeah, yeah. I you know I think of him. I I, I think Dragon Gate will be very lucky. If they have someone to take over Genki's role and do it for another 25 years, and I think that person could be Kame. I think that could, person, you know, could be Nagano or Daiki or you know somebody we don't know about yet. But I, I think sometimes people have the wrong view when they they look at you know, well, who's going to be the next Shima? Who's going to be the next Shingo? Who's going to be the next Mochi? And those things are crucial. Don't get me wrong. But I also think filling the void that Genki Horiguchi will eventually leave, and as slowly started to leave, is going to be incredibly uh, crucial to this company's success.
2: Yeah, if uh, if Jackie Fungi Kamei is 75% of the crowd work guy that Genki Horiguchi has been, I will feel happy.
0: Yep, I, I, I drank it will be in good shape if that happens.
2: Absolutely so. conda's uh, uh, legacy, I think you have to look at conda as as proof that you can't write someone off
0: yeah i mean you know I, I think our answer to this would be drastically different if we had this conversation at this time last year but he's he's rewriting history as we speak and i think that's awesome
2: yeah no and it's something that like if you were i bet if you were to pull yuzushi kanda aside in 2006 and be like all right you're gonna come back you, you're coming back from this devastating cervical dislocation like one of his, one of his vertebrae moved almost as far as it takes to sever his spine it did not take any and as we see now he's living as much as we could tell a very fulfilling life but he had to retire for about two and a half years and it was something that i was not around that time but the going through uh records going through results going through like things this there was no like thought of zushi kanda coming back but you can't count someone out and if you went to zushi kanda right before his reunion or his return, where we were like, okay, so this Renaissance idea is going to ruin. It's not going to happen, but stick with it. 2023 will be your year. I Who think thought, got- th- Who thought? Who would have thought? Who uh, would have thought? Arakan for you, Kay. So I want to hear what's your Arakan legacy thought. He was in the wrong promotion.
0: You know, I think if Arakan has the same career, but he does it throughout seven years of war, rather than 20, 25 years of Torimon and Dragon Gate, I I think there would be, and I use this term lovingly in this instance, but I think there would be perverts online that would tell you, I is, you know, one of the most unheralded workers of the era. You know, this guy got it. It, You know, unfortunately for him, the people, at least in the English speaking world, that would have been his biggest supporters are the people that wrote him off because of the promotion that he worked in. I I will always say this about Ark, and I can sum it up pretty easily. Whenever I see him, it puts me in a good mood.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I, at least for me, I will say that some of that mood is r- bring me back to the Juku when I really fell in love with the promotion. But yeah, imagine if like GCW dis- uh, discovered discover W.A.R. Uh, araken
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be he'd be huge there. He, he's looks like a fucking bum, just like the rest of GCW.
2: I, I mean, I would guarantee that he would probably have the cigarettes for backstage every show. Uh, yeah, Every you could show.
0: probably you could probably get a lot more backstage.
2: <laughs> that is true. Uh, uh, so upsta- we did
0: upstanding organization for sure.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Nope, for sure, for sure. Uh Susumu Uh I, I feel like I should leave this one to you because you're gonna I have a feeling what you're gonna say.
0: Well, look, you know, when the history books are written, I I don't know if he's the greatest Dragon Gate wrestler of all time, but he certainly has to be in the conversation. And I think the people that are above him, you're now talking about Masaki Mochizuki and Shingo and and maybe Shima, and maybe Yamato, but I, I just, I think Susumu's, Susumu's one of the best people to ever do this thing that we all love, and he will never get the credit he deserves. It bothers me. I think it's unfair. I don't understand how he's not universally beloved and recognized, and, you know, I, I there's no scenario in which I think he'd ever leave. You know, maybe if you went to New Japan, it would be a Shingo thing where people go, oh, I get it now, but it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have to come to that. You know, he is just one of the most talented people in this entire industry's history.
2: Now, Case, I have a first thought, worst thought question for you. Okay. okay? Uh-huh. I want you to compare these two guys. Just, I'm going to give you their names. Think about their match catalogs. Think about their entering careers. Which one's better? Okay? Uh-huh. Susumu Yokosuka. Shima.
0: Well, I, I believe, and I, I will pull up my last greatest wrestler ever ballot, I might have had them next to each other. You know, ooh, ooh, the, okay. the difference is going to be, you know, for as much as I've enjoyed parts of the last five years of Shima's career, he just has not had the continued success that Susumi Yokosuka would have had. So, therefore, and and as I confirm here, in 2021, I had Shima at 27th all-time I had Tomohiro Ishii in the middle at 26, and I had Susumu Yokosuka at 25th all-time. I could very reasonably talk myself into Susumu being a top-20 guy. Now, he would have to get through some tough names here. You know, I've got Okada, I've got Kurt Angle, I've got Jumbo Saruta, I've got Nick Bockwinkel and Ricky Choshu ahead of him. But at, at the very least, I think Susumu belongs to that name of guys, and Okada and Angle and Jumbo and, and Bockwinkel and Choshu, I think Susumu Yokosuka fits in with that group very well. And historically... You've heard it here. Susumi Kosuga's had a better career than Shima.
2: There we go. I I, I don't have anything else to add, to I think that that was something. I, I'm going to have to go and reassess where I had the Dragon System guys on my GWE now. Like, we're at the midway point. It's time.
0: Hey, remember when we did a podcast with Alan like three years ago, and I was like, I just can't put Brian Danielson in my top 10 because I think <laughs> – well, because I think that he's wasted a decade of his life wrestling in WWE, and I don't enjoy him there. And even the stuff that everybody likes, like the John Cena match and the Triple H match, I don't like as much as other people. And then you watch him in AEW and you go, oh, no, this is the greatest wrestler ever. He did waste a decade of his life in a promotion that was beneath him, and he knew it was beneath him, and I was fucking right about that. Oh, God, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. He's doing the best work of his career now. He's like Yasushi Kanda.
2: Two guys having the best year of their career. Brian Jameson. Yazushi Kanda. I can't think of a better note to go out on. Case anything else before we're out of here? No, oh, this was a blast. This was a good episode, Mike. Yeah, this was one that I think well I-, I think we peeled back the curtain a little bit earlier today. We were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about. And I think that this was one of the more fun episodes we've done in a while. Like and
0: subscribe and share the podcast and donate on Red Circle. And I hope all of you have a great day.
2: Absolutely. And that's gonna do it for us here. We're at open voice gate cases at in your case, I'm at Fujiheya. We'll be back with you next week. Take care.
0: We're on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapCXP. And
2: join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.